You're listening to A Date with Data with your host, Amy Bitterman. Hey, it's Amy, and I'm so excited to be hosting A Date with Data. I'll be chatting with state and district special education staff who, just like you, are dealing with IDEA data every day. A Date with Data is brought to you by the IDEA Data Center. Welcome to A Date with Data. Today, I am joined by Matt Sewell, Director of Special Programs, Yvonne Green, Administrator of Monitoring and Program Effectiveness, and Jody Fields, the Part B Data Manager, who are all with the Arkansas Department of Education. Arkansas is one of the first states who have now gone through phases one and two of OSEP's Differentiated Monitoring and Support, or DMS 2.0 system. Just as a refresher, phase one is when states are providing relevant information in response to OSEP's requests for documentation. And then in phase two is when the states are interviewed and there's also an on-site or a virtual visit. And we're going to hear all about Arkansas's DMS experience so far. So to kick things off, could each of you just say a little bit about yourselves? Matt, do you mind starting us off? I would be glad to. Uh, my name is Matt Sewell. She said I'm the State Director of Special Programs. Uh, prior to coming to the Department of Education, I spent um, almost 20 years in the public school system in a variety of roles, ranging from classroom teacher, school bus driver, coach, <laughs> director of finance, athletic director, um, special education director, building principal, um, prior to coming to uh, the department to fill the role of special education director. Um, And now I'm in my fifth year here at the department. Wow, you've really done everything. Uh, I've done a a little bit of a lot of stuff, and I've never been really good at any of it. I'm sure that's not true. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Okay. Jody, how about you? Hi, I'm Jody Fields, and I have been the Perpy Data Manager for Arkansas since December 2003. So that is 19 years and 20 child counts. <laughs> but who's counting, right? <laughs> who's counting, right. So okay. I am actually housed at the University of Arkansas at Little Rock with a grant through the Special Education Office to handle the special education data management. And my office basically handles all of it in regards to the APR and the 618 data. Great, thank you. Yvonne? Hi, I'm Yvonne Green, and I am the Administrator for Monitoring and Program Effectiveness. I've been with the department um, here for about 10 years in a variety of roles. And prior to coming to the state of Arkansas, I was an educator in Texas. My experience is in special education and general education in a variety of settings, um, resource, self-contained, and inclusive settings, and I was also an early childhood coordinator. Great. Thank you all. So to get things going, we'll start kind of at the beginning, and if you could just tell us how you got ready for DMS, what you did to prepare for that first phase of sort of documentation and pulling together all that information that OSEP requested, and then um, also moving into that second phase of your interviews and your um, virtual visit. Great. I don't mind to kick us off there. So um, we started this process actually in the fall of 2019 um, when this was first launched. 
And at that time, you know, what we did and what I would most likely recommend others to do is first and foremost, um, look at what it is that OSEP is going to want. Those uh, the, the protocols are available for everyone to look at. And after you get a hold of those protocols, really think about and, and strategically think about who are the people that need to be involved. Um, is it, do you have an administrator of monitoring? Do you have people who are in multiple hats? Um, who are the people that um, you would like to speak on behalf of your agency? Those are all pieces of that thought process when you, when you begin uh, trying to determine how you're going to navigate everything that there is to collect. Cause there's, there's a lot of stuff there. Um, once you identify your team, you need to start pulling your team together and meeting with them, making sure that, that whoever is going to be responsible for each part has exactly what they need to move forward and start collecting that data. And I would, at this time, I really like to invite Yvonne and, uh, and Jody to speak into uh, some of this part of the process too, because they really did the in the weeds piece. You've got kind of the overview part of, you know, thinking through who your team is, what do you need, but then there's a lot of in the weeds work that you're going to need your team members to dig into. I found that the protocols that were adapted by the TA centers were especially helpful because they added columns for you to talk about who was responsible for particular sets of information, where documentation is to support whatever the question is asking. And there was a way on those adapted tools to really answer whatever the protocol questions were. I found it very helpful to go really deep, um, understanding that there was a lot of repetition in some of the potential sub-questions because they're really trying to seek clarification and understanding of what your procedures and processes are. And so if you've written solid answers, sometimes your solid answer may apply to multiple questions because again, they're trying to go deep. But in the, at the same time, you have to hold the overarching question from the protocol in mind so that you don't go down extra rabbit holes. So what is it that they are looking for in this particular question if they're looking at the um, integrated monitoring questions, then keep the conversation around how your team truly integrates their monitoring protocols and procedures across all of the areas within their office. So one of the things I think we all did was look at our um, actual internal procedure manuals, mm -hmm. finance, monitoring, data, dispute resolution on how we, what we had in place, what could have been missing, whether there are things that we haven't updated. So when it came to data, we did, had done the data process toolkit from IDC like five years ago. And in the spring of 21, we started to update all of those. So going through and updating them and making sure we had things in place that we knew what our procedures were, especially since there was new staff who hadn't been here for like only a year at the time as we were getting into this, once it kicked back off the second time around. Mm -hmm. But um, really is making sure you know where everything is. And one of the other things we went digging into was our website. 
uh, making sure the website was up to date, that we had the most recent information out there. So as OSEP went out looking for things, we could tell them exactly where it was and that it was the most current information. And I think that really helped with the, with the documentation request because we were able to have so much available on our website that it limited what extra information we needed to go find because we have so much available publicly. And Amy, I would add that as you develop your team, your, your team of individuals, one of the first topics of conversation, um, once you get past what documents do we need to identify, where they are on our website, what about our process guides, is what TA centers need to be part of this team? And who are those individuals from those TA centers that you should immediately involve? Not wait until you've begun the process, but allow them to be part of your team from the beginning, from the onset of the process until the completion of the process. Because the questions that they'll ask you, the things that they'll take a look at for you, um, just being your teammates and uh, coaching you at times through it is was invaluable to us. And yeah, I'm sure as more states are going through this, also having TA centers who have been through it with other states will be helpful because they'll know the experience, know what types of questions might be asked. One of the other things I would say is, even if they're meeting on finance, have everybody there. Because they're all bring up finance. And so like for data, they'll bring up the MOE CEIS reporting. So your data manager may need to be there. Or they're looking at if someone was non-compliant in something, monitoring still needs to be there. While you're thinking it's just this particular topic, yeah. it all is integrated and it all overlaps. And so you think, I don't need to have somebody on this call. And then in the end, you're going, we should have had so-and-so on the call with us <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> because we, because it does overlap across. And that's what they're really looking for to see how we are integrated and that we all work together. Yep. And that everyone, it's not just one person and very siloed, but it's a team effort and it all comes together, all the pieces like you mentioned. Yvonne, were you going to say something? Yeah, we used the TA centers to review our protocol guides or um, any procedure manuals that we have just to help them help us. They were reading it as somebody with a fresh set of eyes and were able to provide feedback, which helped us clarify Mm -hmm. and actually have a stronger procedure manual or process guide in whatever um, particular area that is. So they really, the TA centers really helped us identify Um, some holes that we were able to fill in prior to jumping into phase two. It sounds like you took those protocols and did you actually kind of, like Matt was talking about, assign different people to, to their protocol that fit in their work and then kind of went through and actually drafted responses or kind of put down, here's the evidence, you know, we have to support each of these items. Was that part of the process? It was yes. absolutely part of the process. Each person went through their protocol individually, and then we would meet collectively to go through those protocols to discuss what examples you had, where those things were located. And just to reemphasize what Jody said, when you meet, meet together. There's some work that can be done individually, but then come back together for those discussions because as Yvonne shared about whether it was her process guide, where things were located, um, items that she found needed to be updated. 
it sparked either other questions or comments um, from other team members that these are connected. Here's how we can connect them or, oh, yeah, we need to do that for this area as well. Um, And it allowed for also some questions that you may also get from OSEP. So um, (laughs) or from your TA centers, it's opportunities for Yvonne to ask Jody questions or me to ask Yvonne questions that um, just reinforces that collaboration and organization of your system, which was extremely important to OSEP. And Jody said this, how is all of it integrated? Because you can't work in these silos um, within your state. You've got to be more connected for the process to work. Yeah. As you're talking about it, it's interesting because it's sort of almost like an unintended consequence of going through this, similar to kind of the the IDC data processes, where part of it is is being able to come together and collaborate and hear what each other are doing and how you work together um, and being able to ask each other those questions. It's sort of really even just going through it strengthens that that relationship and, and your collaboration. Are there other resources? You mentioned the protocols and the TA um, modified templates are some things you used when you were preparing. Are there other resources you used that you found helpful? This isn't a written resource, but building off of what Matt said about utilizing the TA centers, we had a team from uh, the TA centers we use most frequently come in and sit with us for a day and a half or two days and actually coach us through what the experience of OSEP being on site might be like. And again, all of our team members who could be um, available and needed for the interviews were available for part of that process. And that really helped us, again, hear different ways of saying things or building that cohesion between our different groups to make sure that we really are all on the same page and have that integrated piece. And there were some things that, you know, we needed to update from 1920 into 22, 23. Um, And we've had a new, you know, one of our team members was brand new. So just being able to go back and review where we were then to where we are now um, was very beneficial. And and again, don't, when you think about resources, you have your protocols, you've got your TA centers, but your, your, uh, your team, your staff. I mean, there's a lot of resource right there. Looking at some historical pieces, you know, Dr. Fields has been with us for, as she said, 20 uh, child counts. And that's how from moving forward, how I'm going to refer to how long (laughs) she's been here by child counts, not year. Um, But just looking at some of those historical pieces too, where you've been and connecting them to where you are is very, is a very beneficial resource to have also. Yeah. Cause I'm sure if there's questions that OSEP has, like, why, you know, why did you change this? Or they are going to go back potentially up to three years, I think, right, in the questions and documentation and having that context and and background and perspective um, is so critical. Yes. I think the other resource you have to remember is the rest of the department. Oh, I'm glad you said that. Mm -hmm. Yes, say more about that. Well, like, so for Arkansas, we have a single student management system. And all the districts use it. And so one of the some of the documentation I was providing is the documentation for the entire student management system, not just special education, because it's not a standalone system. And such. And the same with 
when it, we were talking finance and audits, it's about how do you handle this? Well, that comes up from over there or our allocations come from the department finance office, not special education's finance office. So sometimes you, who your team member needs to be on standby throughout this process or yeah. other pe folks outside of the agencies or in another section of the agencies. And by outside the agencies, I mean our mediation center, which is funded by a grant mm -hmm. over at the Bowen School of Law, that we had to have calls with them and we had them on standby if we needed them during the visit. Yeah, I would say thinking through each area, what what tentacles does it have? Um, because as Jody said, with with finance, we needed to pull in the greater ADE finance and their procedures. We needed to bring in um, legislative audit because our school districts in our state are required yearly to have some type of audit and legislative audit sometimes does audit findings. And if those are around the area of special education, what is your notification process? And then what kind of actions do you take? So really thinking through the resources that are outside of the Office of Special Education that and the other folks that you work with just outside of the doors and the offices that you sit in every day. And, and Jody, thank you for bringing that up. Because like, like she's saying, Rick would dispute needing to connect with uh, Bowen School of Law, who handles all of our mediation and facilitation uh, processes. It's very, very valuable. Yeah, that's a great tip for states that are still getting ready for their visit, that they have to, you know, definitely think beyond just special education. And like you said, those tentacles and where they reach and, and having those early conversations with them to make sure they're on board and understand what this looks like and what, you know, they may need to contribute. In terms of the, so you all had a virtual visit, I know. Can you talk about that experience and what were the kinds of questions that OSEP was asking? Just kind of share with us what that was like. So I, I would say that the virtual visit was very similar. And, and my team, I, they may have a totally different take on this. Um, but I would say that the virtual visit was very similar to the calls um, that we had scheduled in phase one. We had many, you know, two hour um, calls scheduled in phase one where we were going through protocols or going through documents that had been submitted or, um, you know, uh, looking at things from the website and the virtual visit was very similar, except for it was all day, mm -hmm. which is which, you know, an all day Zoom is uh, <laughs> a two hour Zoom is tough and all day Zoom is a little tougher. But I mean, they were really gracious with it. They scheduled breaks in there so we could take, you know, 15, 20 minute breaks, schedule a lunchtime. Um, honestly, I, I probably would have preferred to have people on site uh, because when you are looking at documents and trying to explain documents, sometimes it's easier to just place them in someone's hand uh, so that they can be reviewed. And, and, and maybe sometimes there's less questions or questioning because they do physically have that document in their hand that they can review. I think the virtual experience, I agree, I would have preferred a face-to-face. -face. Um, it just allows for a different level of interaction. But the virtual experience, um, I wasn't sure what to expect, but it still ended up being a positive experience. There are multiple people on the team for OSAP, 
and those um, team members are assigned specific roles and specific protocols. So the way the question and conversation flows depends on the personality of the person asking the questions. Um, but regardless of who's asking the questions, one thing I would say is to be cognizant of your language and vocabulary so that you're sure we're all talking about the same thing and that the definitions we're using are common definitions. Ask for clarification. Pause when you need to pause and ask for a repeated question um, so that you can really gather your thoughts. Um, sometimes there's just a, an intensity in the questions that we experienced, but be prepared for that and just take a deep breath and move forward. Don't let an intense moment um, derail what you know you need to say to OSEP. Just ask for that clarification and collect your thoughts and then answer the question and rely on your team members. Like one of us doesn't always know every answer. We would ping pong with our answers when somebody else said, hey, this is also applicable to that question. Yeah. You know, and for the data piece of this, really kind of, we had such a good conversation with our meeting prior. And one of the things they requested was to see the student management system. And so I just share, was able to share the screen and walk them through our training side of the student management system and explain how we collect everything. And it really showed them then how the data is all integrated into the bigger system. And we were, by doing it virtually, while they, they have a copy of the documents and they're asking questions about the documents, one thing we could do, though, is share it back on the screen and show them exactly what we were talking about. And one of the things that you definitely have to remember is if you're submitting a document for a specific question they're asking the document for, make sure you know exactly what document you sent them. Because I know there was a few times that mom was like, no, I sent you this document to answer this question, <laughs> not to answer that question. Because <laughs> uh. they're like getting confused as to what was being sent. Mm -hmm. So internally, you've got to make sure you know exactly why they why you sent them the document and which question it was being asked for. Right. And that, so, because you're not there together, you know, to be able to say, no, that one's this one and hand them a different document. Instead, it's really understanding how everything is and what you sent and know exactly, you know, why you sent it. And, and I would reemphasize that what um Yvonne was saying and she didn't say it this way but don't get frustrated um they're they're asking questions and and some of the questions are very good questions and some questions do seem somewhat repetitive and some questions are about one form that goes with or a document you submitted that may go with something else as to why you submitted it but don't get frustrated you know it's like she said answer the question um if it's not if that document is not the correct document for the question they're asking, clarify what is. And also remember that they're asking you questions because they don't work in your state. So what you know and what you know you submitted, don't take the attitude that, well, it's right there. I submitted it to you. Take the attitude of they don't really understand what we're doing in Arkansas because they don't work in Arkansas every day. And so, you know, being 
I guess, respectful, so to say, and treating them like they're your colleagues and um, not treating them like they're out to get you um, may help as you progress through the monitoring cycle. Yeah, just like you're treating them as, you know, new staff who are just yeah. teaching right. and explaining, yeah, how everything operates. And for me, the protocols were really helpful in filling out the answers and getting the understanding of how repetitive it was, because mm -hmm. then I anticipated more repetitiveness during the actual phase two. And writing down the answers in the protocols also helped me. It was like my teacher lesson plan. Like, okay, I've written it. I know what's going to come next. Yeah. And so that gave me um, just a more solid internalization, I guess, of what I felt like I needed to say. So that was just another benefit of using the protocols because it did come back in phase two to help guide through the answers and the clarity they were seeking there. So were they kind of generally working their way through the protocols during the in-person? Yes. Or not? Yeah. <clears throat> yes. Yeah, they're, they're working their way through the protocols with some follow-up questions, just really trying to gain um, really sp very specific clarity mm -hmm. on what you do as a state, given yeah. a certain scenario or the subset of questions or specific document. And the one thing, Amy, for Arkansas, we were not asked to complete the protocols and submit them. Mm -hmm. You know, so we were completing the protocols for ourselves not necessarily to submit to OSEP. But it sounds like no matter what, if they're going to ask for them or not, still having them all completed right. to be able to respond is, is key. Sure. You're going to be miles ahead if you will work as a team to complete those protocols and have evidence to support mm -hmm. what your answers may be for those questions and determine who's going to speak about those questions um, when it's time to meet with those right and some things will overlap so there's not an actual protocol out there for significant disproportionality but we were mm -hmm. sent questions around significant disproportionality and while my office handles the identification side Yvonne's office gets to handle all the compliance side of that mm -hmm. and so as we got into discussions on significant disproportionality it took both of us to go through it and it took our finance manager, Josh, as right. well, because he handles and lets districts know about where they are fiscally related to expenditures on CCEIS. Right. And that's part of the reason why some of the questions seem to be so redundant. You get from protocol to protocol because they're trying to get it from here's the monitoring perspective of that question. Here's mm -hmm. the finance perspective. Here's the data perspective. And here's the general perspective <laughs> that they all overlap. And you, and so the same question just seems like it's always coming back, but it's the different components within your general supervision and how it ties together. Yeah, that's a really good point. And I think Yvonne made that earlier on. Am I, it looks like you're answering the same question maybe over and over, but you have to think about it from the lens and the perspective of that particular component or like over, overarching question that it's part of. So always kind of keeping that in the back of your mind. Any other tips or recommendations you have after having gone through this that you think would be good for other states to hear as they're in the earlier stages? Yeah, my, my number one tip is don't make it up. 
you either have it or you don't. You're either doing it or you're not. Don't make it up. Don't say what we're going to do. Mm-hmm. Really be um, very direct on what it is you do, how it is you do it, what kind of collaborative systems you have in place, and how it all informs your integrated monitoring system for your state. You may share with them later what your plans are, because as you've gone through the process, you might notice a gap or a hole that you need to fill or a better connection you need to make. And you may create the most beautiful plan to do that. And you may want to share that with them, but don't say you do it if you don't. And then have documentation to support whatever it is you say you do. And my last thing is be ready to brag on yourself. (laughs) Yeah, they asked us questions that were not related to the monitoring. They even told us it had nothing. We had a whole conversation about equity across the state and different state initiatives around that. And they said this really had nothing to do with the monitoring. It's just they wanted information. So be ready to get to brag on yourselves of what you're doing well. And what's happening in your state that they may not know about. Yeah, highlight the good stuff. I like the, the great work that your teams are doing. Take that opportunity if you have it. All right. Anyone have any last thoughts or comments? I don't think so. We just thank you for giving us an opportunity to share what happened in our state, what our experiences were. And we just hope that it's able to help someone else prepare for um, their monitoring. So thank you, Amy, for allowing us to be part of what you're producing to to help other states. Yeah, thank you all so much. I, I was just thinking while you were talking, I've heard a lot. I haven't been personally involved yet in any with any states and DMS, but hearing you talk about it, I have like the clear clearest picture I think I've had. It's always been a little fuzzy. It's one of those things I think until you've actually done it, you don't really know what what it's like. But now I, I do feel like I have a really good understanding. So thank you for explaining it so clearly and articulately. I think states will appreciate that. Well, thank you all again for your time. And this is this has been really great. To access podcast resources, submit questions related to today's episode, or if you have ideas for future topics, we'd love to hear from you. The links are in the episode content or connect with us via the podcast page on the IDC website at ideadata.org.